Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. Today on the Ether, artificial intelligence and NFTs with PS Labs, hosted by Cameron Bright. Let's take a listen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, feel free, whatever. I don't mind Cam, Cameron, whatever. Well, well my, <laughs> name is, my name is David, my real name. And uh, I've kind of, people just call me PS Labs, but that's a bit weird to me <laughs> uh but yeah my real name is david and uh yeah fa- thank you number one for uh sort of sorting this all out hooking it all up and um getting me involved because uh essentially I, like obviously I, I kind of deal with ai stuff but in terms of like the twitter space discord things like that is very new to me so uh I really appreciate sort of people like you and uh, Archangel sort of holding my hand um, along. I'm going to give you a host. How can I make you a host? Uh, I think you just click on me and then, uh, yeah, there should be like a, you know, request to co-host or whatever. I can't even remember. I do it all the time. Invite co-host. Found it. Found it. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Yeah. This is how bad I am. But I'll get there. I'll learn it. I'm clearly terrible too, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we're all new to it. Like I'm super new to even just crypto and it's nice to, um, you know, oh, really? be able to be able to, Oh yeah. No, I've, I've actually only been in crypto in reality since, uh, like what September. Uh, oh. Cause I ordered my, oh. Yeah, I I followed, you know, crypto, yeah. you know, in the early days and like not early days, even just like, you know, what, five, six years yeah. ago when Ethereum and Bitcoin and, and Ripple and stuff and, you know, but never invested in it until early last year and kind of did the whole deep dive into mining and wanted to buy an ASIC. And so I ended up going uh, with a Kadena. <laughs> yeah, with a with a with a Kadena miner and that showed up in September and then after a couple months of mining I had my like little, you know, nest egg and then I was able to start nice. kind of like branching out I love that. per se. Mining into, is like you know electric, yeah. <laughs> electricity back into money again. <laughs> like it's the uh, I I'm just looking for you. You 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 basically uh, was you're you're an actor, aren't you? Uh, is that like you like right now you're still acting and uh taking roles? Or- yeah, if, <laughs> if anyone wanted to hire me, <laughs> no, yeah, I just haven't really auditioned very much lately. Obviously, um, like you know, part my reason, part the industry's reason, yeah, you know, I could say. Uh, COVID took a big hit to like a lot of people's plans in, in the industry yeah. and kind of like halted things, although it's definitely picking back up now. Mm. Um, but yeah, me myself, I just haven't really been involved in too much in the last little while. Did, 
It's part just because uh, like most of what I did was when I was literally growing up, like I started acting when I was like five or six. So, um, yeah. So, oh, so you, you literally like a born and bred actor. I, I guess. Well, um, <laughs> I'm like, that's a bit, yeah. that's a bit of an interesting way to put it, but yeah. <laughs> I'll dive into it a bit more when we, uh, I guess, formally start uh, uh, any room, but um, this room. <laughs> but um, essentially, yeah, um, yeah, no. I know a lot of film directors and stuff because it's kind of my line of work before doing all this. NFT business and AI stuff we're doing now is actually in um, content production in studios and filming and uh, basically product uh, like I'm a producer and uh, in films advertising and then sort of organize all the studios and things like that but like in London not really in America at all Um, but that's like my what I do in real life let's say and uh but yeah i, I brought cfi up to the stage because i know that he always adds loads of value i've actually sat in a in a fair few of his um uh spaces but i've never actually spoken i just kind of absorb all the information hey guys yeah so welcome <laughs> uh, i just thought you're I, I sort of have I sort of hopped on just to kind of, uh, I'm kind of at a drive through at the moment, but I hopped on <laughs> to get just a little bit of audience in here. And uh, I was going to ask you some stuff later, but I'll get back to you in a minute. Just yeah, like, yeah, ignore yeah, me yeah. for a bit. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate that because um, I need all the help I can get, to be honest, because uh, I know what I'm doing when it comes to uh, our project and AI stuff that we're rolling out. But in terms of Twitter and um <laughs> Uh, dealing with sort of the communication side, uh, I, I just kind of like have left that to one side uh, to to some extent, and um, trying to work really hard now to pick up on on the on that. But um, with people like you getting involved, it really helps, and uh, we've got some pretty interesting stuff to talk about. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, it adds value to other people who are going to join. Um, that being said, Cameron, I'll hand over to you. And would you like to get this show on the road? Yeah, sure. I'm actually still just tweeting out. I need to like write this tweet. <laughs> I've been meaning to. And I keep getting sidetracked. So yeah, I'll actually just be like 30 seconds here while we let this fill up, and then I'll just finish this tweet. I'm going to invite Archangel up because yeah, um, yeah, I'll be right back. This guy, to be honest. He's kind of like the guy who sort of uh, in, has been in the background sort of like pushing me along the way, you know. Uh, since the very beginning, I I didn't really realize how responsive the Terran, Terra community uh, is to sort of new happenings and ordeals, whether like, for example, in the past weeks, it's been good or bad. Uh but I, I definitely, when starting this project, totally underestimated how uh, I totally underestimated what I was getting into. Number one, in terms of community element, because I thought I was literally just rolling out a service, more of like a business in like a business way of like, um, you know, we run this service, we design the workflow, we optimize everything, 
we charge X amount here. We pay these people to do the service, you know, just figuring all that stuff out. And like, that's what I do generally day to day in my real life. And then I got really sort of dragged along. I really got like absorbed and sucked into this whole community of terror. And it's been really addictive. It's been, it's crazy, actually. Like, I, I didn't even know what Discord was two months ago, two, three months. I knew what it was. I never used it. And, like, now I'm, like, like, like on Twitter, on Discord, joining all the channels, like, looking at all the gossip, uh, seeing what everyone's doing, chatting to all these people. I, I, I still don't, I still don't enjoy the Discord experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, well, all the the beeping and messages, I can't keep track. Yeah. That's actually an interesting topic, you know, because um, my my best mate, like my uh, like my best man at my wedding, my best friend, I've known him since we were kids. He's actually like the lead developer for Foundation, uh, like the Ethereum marketplace. He helped build it from scratch. He's one of like the original. He was the first hire from the so this is the founders, and then he was the first hire, and he he basically told me like they just got rid of their discord like i think that might happen in terror network you know because um essentially once you get hit like a critical mass of like literally 20,000 30,000 people being in your discord it just becomes unmanageable noise and so at the current scale that the communities are at it works really well because you've got like this customer management system that's like tied up with like talking to your team uh dealing with customers opening tickets and you know you can run certain services like validation services for it as well but i wonder if terra network if it really blows up which you know ethereum just recently crashed with uh the the yuga labs stuff and and then like you know all this kind of other and Solana just drops out all the time. Like, I wonder if, like, sort of the people start to sort of migrate towards Terra. That if we go through a period of rapid growth, that suddenly, like, all these Discord channels that everyone's essentially built their communities around become obsolete because they become just so noisy that these projects can no longer uh effectively manage the communications and the community and the the customer service so so i know that that's just me thinking out loud right now with right now it's a perfect tool to deal with all this stuff but one thing i have seen with essentially like ethereum and uh the big boom they obviously went through in like march last year that after a certain amount of time, once like there's too many people in your Discord, it becomes unmanageable. And so, but the problem, the thing is, is with Terra, it's like a lot of projects are designed kind of around Discord. So actually, when we started our project, we did all of the validation and the verification. So, so essentially, I'll start from the beginning, like of like what our project is and what we do. Um, we sell tokens. They're called X tokens. These tokens allow you to enter what we call the lab. The lab is like a service where you can submit entries and into like an AI, 
and then we render it out for you and then we mint it and then airdrop it back into your wallet again. So we had to like, sort of build and design this whole workflow from like day one. And then we kind of got a bit of um, a bit of FUD in the beginning where like, we'll see if these guys are successful, see if they can hit the roadmap. And I was just like, you know what, guys, let's launch it tomorrow. So we just launched it in the simple form of like a contact form. But the big issue with launching it that quickly is like we had no method of like verifying whether someone actually had an X token in their wallet. And obviously there's no point in in sort of running this whole project if like we have no way of like truly verifying that, you know, this person actually paid the money for the service or like has it. And, and that money doesn't go to us. It goes to the other person that they bought the token from XYZ. But um, so that was the first hurdle we had to pass. And that's where like Archangel is here with me. He's the one who basically opened it up. He's like, he built the Discord from scratch. He designed, he built the whole thing. And the next morning I woke up, I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? Like, look at, like, our Discord is beautiful. Like, it's just, channels for everything like channels for verifying channels for general channels for like people who have the token it is great i i like couldn't have done i could have never have done that by myself i've got a question for you guys Go on. in the discord thing just like not to get way off topic here which we already are but um is it possible like so angel if you've got um a discord like system is it possible in Discord to like literally just copy the whole thing, or do you have to like start everyone from scratch when you build those? Yeah, I myself have no clue. Um, I think it's pretty amazing what some people can do with uh, Discord and stuff, but I have no clue. I mean, it's kind of interesting even to think, you know, can they basically shut some of the things down and stuff too, right? If they were ever to get, you know, like, <laughs> you know screwed with like it's kind of one of those things so who knows <laughs> so so this is something that i think about all the time and it cracks me up to think about how much all these projects revolve like rely on discord because yeah all it takes is it, it's happened before where there's outages you know on discord side and then you're left going well what the fuck like that's where i got most of my information from uh seems like we should probably figure out an alternative so that's one of the things i'm super like i love david's vision on this because he realizes that yeah that's a, that's a that's a pain point that's something that could be detrimental to us in the long run um yeah. but to your question cfi yes you can take templates of uh servers and just essentially copy paste them i do it all the time it saves me like an hour when i'm when i'm setting up servers <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'll just straight off the back of that i'm just gonna keep on going uh and cameron uh we'll start from the beginning in a minute i'll like actually introduce myself and let people know why who i am <laughs> but um yeah that's no problem uh but essentially, like I realized the first hurdle was taking this sort of verification system and the ability for people to use our service off of Discord because it was all tied up and wrapped around Discord. And I was like, okay, we've already lost like like 95% of people because even within NFTs and crypto, 
probably even within that, there's only like 5% of people who even use Discord. And even within Discord, there's probably only like 10, 20% who've used it enough that they know about how to verify their wallets and all these other things. So it's like, we're literally dealing with like a community of like maybe 20 or 30 people who understand all of these steps to even get to the, the first step of our service, which is like rendering AI images. So the first thing we started to build as soon as all of this, so it's the first thing we did, number one, is just roll out the service, even though it's wrapped up in all this discord and like sort of like long winded verification services, but we got the service running literally in two days, one or two days. And after, that gave us the time actually to really refine the rendering service and like the workflow that's required on the back end of like delivering this thing at scale. And so it's kind of a blessing in disguise that it was like a limited service to only people who really under, understood how to use it. But anyway, the first uh, barrier to entry I like I wanted to just get rid of was just I wanted to just get rid of Discord in general of like not like the community aspect is great, but just for people who have an X token who want to use the service, they shouldn't have to go through like this big uh, join the Discord, verify your wallet kind of thing and i just wanted to get that all out of the way you know like my mum, people's mums and kids and friends who are all just joining terra we're trying to get them involved they're just going to be like i cannot be bothered with all of this stuff <laughs> you, know, you know what the irony you know what the irony is of all this it's like you're using machine learning and um, algorithms to generate art but we can't figure out how to get a goddamn mint working without causing <laughs> systems to crash and everyone to get all fucked up. It's really hilarious. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Because what we're really doing is designing services and products for humans to, and not just like for them to use and have fun with, but in all ways for like to have fun with for their businesses for like their hobbies and things like that that's essentially like what we're trying to hit with our project here because a lot i've kind of got a little chip on my shoulder about like how most nft projects are run and i guess i'll get into that later might is probably a lot of un, unpopular opinions when i start talking about that but essentially one thing i really didn't want to do is sort of get into this model of like a pfp project where we do a launch that raises funds we then do another thing and you get a version two of that and then that increases the value of the thing let's all stake our stuff and lock up the liquidity and then we raise our floor price uh i was just like that's and it's just like a board eight yacht club sort of is like because they were first there they designed this sort of way that like nft projects can work and then like it just seems to become like the template and i, I was just we're dealing with a, like a lot more here like with like as all an nft is just a digital file that lives on a blockchain and you can you can do what you can there's so much possibility in how these things are designed how the the tokenomics of it works the services that you can run on it and i'm just surprised that like so many people just come in and ju just kind of do the same thing and i'm like well, uh, and, and I, like uh, I'm criticizing right now, but that was like my first sort of um, iterations of this project and previous sort of attempts at projects as well, to be honest. Like, uh, that's what I thought. And then it, yeah, I, I was just lucky that I kind of landed on this 
uh, idea and uh, just executed it. But um, yeah, uh, I've kind of like just uh, hit, you know hit the ground running here with um, this spaces. Cameron, have you finished sending your tweet? Oh yeah, definitely. Long time ago. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I can. T- I was gonna say I could. I can answer a few of my questions. I was gonna or uh, talk to you about a few of my questions. I was gonna ask on what you just said, but yeah, no. Either way, we can we can start it off either way. Uh, you know, twenty minutes in here now. <laughs> no. Um, but no, either way, my first question to you, uh, uh, David, would just be like, what is your background, uh, you know, or history prior to, you know, I know I've, I've, I actually, um, for anyone first off who wants to check out uh, the Medium article that One Planet put out for PS Labs, I believe just recently, um, it's actually really good. And it touches on, you know, everything and talks about David and his history and everything. So go check that out if you want right now. Um, um, it's a decent little read. Um, but anyways, what's your background and what brought you first into crypto? You know, obviously you kind of explained a bit of it there as far as, you know, you wanting to do, you know, a marketing kind of thing as well for companies, which is obviously an amazing opportunity and everything, you know, with, you know, the Luna network and having a stable coin, which in one day, you know, already, well, not in one day, but if it gets adapted, you know, you could have plenty of companies wanting to use your service right but but yeah what's uh what's your background to start off okay i mean uh number one thanks like that that uh medium article it, that cost me a hundred dollars so that's a little disclaimer right there like open planet I was, <laughs> that was that was a damn good hundred dollar article yeah, i mean to be honest for, for marketing go for marketing's sake a hundred dollars is cheap that's good that's a good one Whoever wrote that article, like if they need, I need, like I need more hype men on my team. So if they're ever available, they've got a job straight away. Um, they, they so where, so I started our project on Talis, and then uh, and then kind of moved over to One Plan because they reached out to me and uh, they said like, oh, we need to write a medium article, but you know, this takes time and money. I was like, that's fine, fine, fine. Uh, just let's just do it. And then that article came out, and I was like, oh my god, they really um. I'm not sure if I can live up to their article. But anyway, I'll go back to like who I am. So my name is David. I'm based in London. I am half British, half Korean. My mum is Korean. My dad is English. I was born in England. I moved to Korea. Now, it's not going to be too long. I'll, I'll rush through the beginning bit. But like, yeah, from the age of two to five, I was like living in like some foreigners compound in South Korea. My dad is like an engineer on like some big uh, shipyards, building massive sort of container ships, oil and gas sort of stuff and things like that. Anyway, then uh, back to the UK for education. Uh was really good at art most of my life, but I went to a school which uh, absolutely zero value on art. And so... I kind of like just got forced down this avenue of like, I studied like then in sort of 17, 18 years old, like studied biology, chemistry, physics. I really fucking bombed out. Like I got an E, a D and a U. Like I, I was literally one of the worst students in, <laughs> in the whole year. Uh, and then the other worst student in the whole year is my best mate, who is now the lead developer of foundation. Both of us just totally failed school. 
and um you know we both just were totally disregarded uh yeah and then so so after that i just bombed out of school i didn't really get into any university i could have gone to like a really sort of bad university or just to have fun and stuff like that but instead i went to south korea and i got a job as a retoucher in a in like a photography studio and every day i was like looking at like thousands of photos and retouching it. i didn't really like the images that were coming through because it's like really cheesy sort of like peace symbols and just like smiles and really commercial i was like oh i don't like this so, so i like kind of uh picked up photography off the back of that and started trying myself and, and then i realized that i really like photography uh and then i tried to become a professional photographer and then so I did that for like two, three years working in the studio, just learning some skills, having a great time, just partying a lot in Seoul. Like it's just a great city. Koreans are awesome. And um, sort of getting in touch with my Korean side as well, because I spent my whole life just growing up in England. Um, anyway, I came back to the UK. And then I applied for London College of Fashion to study fashion photography. And uh, I, I got rejected. And then, so I just started, I got, I worked in the call center um, and just for Nokia and just like troubleshooted everyone's problems on their phone, with their phones. And in uh, with that money, I would like hire studios and learn, like organize my own little shoots, submit them to magazines. And I did this for like two years. Uh, I applied again to London College of Fashion the next year and I, and then I got rejected again. And then, uh, then I just stayed in that same job. I like worked in the call center doing it. And then the third year I applied to London College of Fashion and I got accepted. So I got into London College of Fashion after applying three times. And I studied fashion photography at London College of Fashion. I did that for three years. Um, so by the time I graduated, that was like, you know what? The hardest thing about London College of Fashion was getting in because uh they only accept 50 students per year and then like like literally three or four thousand people apply um so i got into this class of 50 <laughs> and by the time we finished the course there was only about 20 people left uh because it was just so competitive it was you know you can imagine in a fashion school how much sort of competition there is and sort of uh yeah i'm your friend but i'm not your friend kind of thing going on and uh, it was like a really good proving ground there's a lot of people who i see on tv now who i basically just went to like uni with uh, a lot of people were successful designers so it's like good in the sense that like uh, it's kind of like if you make it through that uni you're you you've gone through you're like a gal you get totally galvanized you're like become really strong and um i went through that experience and then one or two years after that, I I just went full into photography, fashion photography, advertising photography. And I was doing really well, going doing talks and workshops uh, all around the world, actually in Taiwan, China, Australia, uh, America, and stuff. And then I won like a competition with like some really big photography brands and became ambassadors for them. And they gave me sort of I got loads of equipment and cash. And then off the back of that, I then started some studios in London. Just I went to like gumtree.com, which I guess is the equivalent to Craigslist. And uh, just found some like cheap places because even though I had all this stuff, I didn't have any money still. So 
I basically went to Craigslist. I just found like these month by month rentals of like these properties that will get like demolished pretty soon. So I would just take like these month by month hires on on these office blocks that would just get knocked down. So I just took one. Number one, like uh, the reason why I did that is like no landlord would give me a lease because I had no trading history. I I didn't have like much money in the bank at all. And um, I was like a student. I didn't like, there, there was nothing to look into, you know. So I had really didn't have many options. And then so I took like whoever would say yes to me. And then, and I took like an old office block that was going to get demolished. And I essentially like built a studio into like one of the office units. And then it, it went like really well because it's it just like everything was free. All my kit was included. And then, uh, like, uh, built like some sort of online booking thing to it, so like people could just book it online through the website, uh, a bit like Airbnb. And then it just like was a bit of a hit, so it gave me enough money. I, I bought the next, I rented the next unit along. I built another studio. That was fine. That went really well. I rented the next studio along after that. Uh, went really well. And then like everyone got. And then like basically the building got demolished so like i i built like up this sort of three studios in this one building and then the whole uh property got demolished uh and this is all in the first year so i then went to like brixton which is like south london built like something under the railway arches and then built two more there then wimbledon which is where we're still based is the current business i actually currently run in real life right now and I built two, three more there. So essentially, like, that's kind of like what I do in real life right now. I, like, run and I build studios. I, like, service the creative community in London. I make sure, like, uh, you know, we'll get, like, photographers, filmmakers, businesses. They need certain creative content made. We just make sure everyone has, like, what they need. Uh, you know, the business needs creatives and like certain vendors and set designers, uh, retouches, blah, 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 to pull off their sort of new marketing campaign. Or like a photographer needs, you know, the other way around, like also set builders and the new studio, uh, some parameters to like that. And we just service everyone. Like we get, we make sure everyone's got what they need. And that's essentially like my real life business here in London. Uh, so like off the back of the studio hire, we actually r ran like a production company. So we got this sort of secondary business of just servicing creatives. And it really goes up to, I mean, our client list includes like uh, Adidas, Mercedes-Benz, GQ, Vogue. Like it just, we've worked with everyone. Like um, I just got back from my beef working with like all W Hotels and the Marriott group we've been working with them for years and so that's like our real job or my real job when i say our it's like me and my uh me and my wife we do this all together and um uh basically all of the project i'm working ps labs so the studio is called ps spaces the production's called ps productions and I've had like an idea for a long time of like really wanting to get into NFTs and create sort of like a digital business with digital service with like 
low liability, um, remote working kind of setup. And like that was all tied up with like PS Labs. And in sort of January this year, my my father passed away. And then I I he had COVID, so then I had to just stay indoors and just isolate after that. And I just went down this rabbit hole of AI and learned everything. I spent about 60 hours a day, every single day, learning about everything that was out there, every parameter, every model, every artist, every other person that's using this, everyone who makes this stuff. And I was just like, really went down like a rabbit hole. And and it didn't just last for that sort of isolation period. Even once I was out, I was like, just kept going. And then sort of in February this year, February 24th, I launched that, the Terra X collection, which is, I sold it at like $5 each. I could see like, essentially like people just spending hundreds of dollars on like, I know this is a chip on my shoulder. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but like people spending hundreds of dollars on like pictures of cartoon characters. And I was like, how about like we like give people like a real service, like something that's uh, they can use, it provides value back. You know, I'm not just like making them put money in. Let's wait. Let's raise the floor price. Uh, and then you sell it at some point. And like, if you don't sell it, you just keep waiting. And eventually, like, it's worth more. And at some point, you have to sell it to make the money. Um, in which case you're just wasting your time. So it's like designing this system to like sort of create like constant value, like coming back. Actually, the value, the way it generates value is just one thing, actually. It's just the way to keep the business running. The real thing is just rolling out AI services to everyone because I had to go through like this huge learning experience to like uh, understand how it all works understand what all the parameters are but and and the result is incredible like the result's amazing but i i want like i wanted to make it easier when i show it to people i want to i want them to use it i want them to be able to use it as well because it's great it's uh really fun and so it was about like sort of rolling this out to other people how do we make it easy for them to use fun and i like maybe like add this extra layer like how can we make them help them make money from doing this and so that's kind of like what we did with rolling out uh the terra x project and to be honest it didn't even have that much of a vision (laughs) when we started it's just that like when we rolled it out it's like the community was hungry for it they were so hungry for something like I guess like this. I think it's just the right time, the right place, the right time. There's one more character I should probably introduce to this story, which is the reason why I'm on Terra Network. Is that when I'm in, when I was in Germany, and uh, in the isolation because my father's based in Germany. Um, my brother-in-law is a big crypto whale, and he bought into Terra like uh, in the ICO, and. He, I spent a lot of time with him and he was seeing like everything I was getting into. And he just told, he said like, 
David, you need to go to Terra and you need to build this on Terra. And he was totally correct because, oh, like he was totally correct. It was the right time and the right place. I just listened to what he told me. And I just did it and, it and it worked because what we are doing would not work on Ethereum. It would not work on Solana because like Ethereum, it would cost us like literally like $5,000 to send out everyone's renders uh, in gas fees. So it really works well on Terra. So we built it. And so like, yeah, I was kind of like guided in this direction. So there was no real like, I didn't like make a decision on like being on Terra. I was kind of like just told by someone who I took as like strong counsel and um, just did what he told me basically. And um, yeah, then we rolled out Terra's collection. Community really great. People like Archangel, um, you know, got on board. He built the Discord. And then, uh, then after that, uh, people just started hopping on. And it really like organically grew. And as it organically grew, it's like the ideas grew as well. Because uh, it's only been two months. But I, I couldn't have really have imagined it's where it's at now <laughs> based off of like where I started. And it's like, it's been such a short space of time. And that, and that sort of acceleration really excites um, Yeah. And then like, obviously, to the point where now we're, I was like, okay, let's roll out more services. And so we we're rolling out the animation token on, on Friday. Um, that. I know I've uh, waffled on a on a tiny bit and sort of gone off piste here and there, but essentially that's my kind of full background. <laughs> uh, yeah, of like who I am. Like I'm essentially just got a big. I've got like an advertising directing background in photography and filmmaking and retouching, post production, and then I just landed up in this sort of terror space based off of this sort of really traumatic experience in the winter time and uh yeah now i'm with all of you guys sitting on a twitter space uh talking about like rolling out art- <laughs> artificial intelligence and nfts <laughs> it's like just really no just, yeah it's really taken a fucking turn you know yeah well and that's the thing like it's uh crypto kind of does that to everyone like i said i only got started a very short time ago and you know obviously my background you know with my acting of course it you know the whole speaking in spaces thing i guess you could say came a bit more naturally to me but i was fortunate enough to just like have you know honestly the blue check mark from you know time past spent basically and um and it brought you know uh i started joining spaces at first and then people would bring me up to speak and kind of uh it was more me learning than anything you know and uh it just was kind of amazing for me as well like i've never really been a social media person whatsoever obviously you know i was kind of forced to be due to my career and that being a thing right you know especially in modern times you know it's like 15 years ago when I started Agar, you know, longer than that, I started like, you know, 20, what, 20 some odd years, 20, Jesus Christ, yeah, I'm almost 30, so 25 years ago almost <laughs> now when I started acting, but like 20 years ago when I started, you know, we're in reality, like, 
it wasn't a thing. Social media wasn't a thing. I started into it when it, when it was, you know, first originally, but I didn't get it either. I didn't really like it, but now, you know, Twitter ads and Twitter and, and Instagram, especially for like advertising and everything like it is, it's become a mainstay. Right. And I never thought I would find, you know, decent knowledge about crypto or anything on Twitter by any place. So it's, uh, it's just interesting to be a part of and, and see where, you know, it takes everyone. And then you put on, you know, obviously crypto and, and NFTs and it's kind of, you know, as for, you know, artistic people and creative people, you know, it's really sky's the limit. Like if you think of it now, you know, you can make it happen. It might take some time and some money, but you can do it. You know, So it's, it's just interesting. And I guess that leads back into, you know, what you kind of touched on earlier, you know, just the ability of your product, you know, taking it off discord, as you said, and having it, you know, really more mainstream as far as being on a website and everything, it really does open it up to, you know, that more mainstream idea of you being able to go to a company and there, or sorry, a company being able to go to you and say, Hey, can I buy a few of these to do renders for, you know, whatever reason. Right. And so yeah. it's uh, yeah. Like, and it's interesting to see, like, I, lo- I love the idea so far. I still have yet to make mine. I just keep oh, forgetting while, while they're open. I think, are, are, is, is the lab open right now? Because I should just right make now. them now. I mean, no, yeah, okay. I mean, no, so, I'll drop you the tokens. Oh, go have a go. I'll make sure to do it's it. No, I have, I have two of them. I have two of them, luckily. So, oh, yeah, uh, Archangel. Confusion. Oh, for the new one though, right? For the, for the crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, either way, uh, like I don't mind buying one too. I'm just waiting, uh, waiting to start off my month with something else. I'll tell you what, I'll give you (laughs) one so you can do the render, but the conditions of that is that you have to give it away to someone else. Oh, I don't mind that. I'm definitely down for that. I can totally do that. And yeah, either way, it was all given to me, so I don't mind passing it forward. Not too bad. Um, I'd rather do that anyways. Yeah, Um, after the spaces, that'll be great fun. But, um, yeah, no, I'd rather do that too. Well, it's funny too, because I just like the idea, you know, originally I had seen it and I think I just missed your guys' original mint because like I only started in Terra NFTs in I think like the end of January. So I was a little bit late to some things as far as getting really like out there and finding stuff out. Um, but uh, I had originally seen it and just loved the idea of being able to really, as you said, uh, or I don't know if I, if you mentioned it earlier or not, or if I read it in in the the uh, medium article but it really takes it you know it allows people who don't necessarily have the ability or the capability or the tools to make art to really kind of just play around and you know especially with the original i I don't know what the floor price of them is right now i could probably find it but the the x is yeah, but I yeah, think they were only like on twenty. Yeah, I think it was around like tw- twenty-five to thirty dollars, which still, when I looked, that was maybe a week or two ago. So they probably yeah. possibly have gone right up. Now, but I think potentially now, 50, but 50, 60 dollars now. But yeah, so, yeah. But, um, I think 
I think that either way for 50 or $60 for people to be able to play around these days and really like yet again, make their own NFT out of that is still pretty cool. And like the new ones being, you know, gifts and more like advanced, you know, it's definitely going to be a good draw to them for sure. So, um, yeah. So we've actually got a lot of services lined up. I'll go, I'll move on to that towards like sort of the end. Um, but essentially, yeah, I'll, uh, when we launched, we didn't mint out. We launched on Talis Art with a, a supply of five and a half thousand. And we only sold like 4,800 for $5 each, which gave us like about $25,000. So everything you see, everything we've built so far, all of the services that we've rolled out, it's all built on $25,000 input so that it's like how efficient how our development team has been our management team has been our design team has been like we and it's all been in two months we absolutely knocked it out of the ballpark and the thing is we did that off of basically one of the most limited budgets that you can start a business with we we like absolutely bootstrapped the whole thing um Anyway, because we didn't mint out, it means that I had like 700 tokens in my wallet because Talos don't have a burn function. So uh, when I basically launched it and didn't mint out, uh, we raised the kind of like some pretty good funds. Uh, I took some money out to like sort of pay people in real life who like helped me with it all, like, like my staff and things. But um I basically had then about seven or 800 tokens still left. And I was like, in the beginning, that seemed like a sort of a sad moment, you know, if you didn't mint out, you're kind of just being handed back what you didn't sell. Um, and it, it, it wasn't like a, I mean, I was happy because we sold and we have customers, but uh, we didn't sell out. So it was like kind of bittersweet in a sense, but you know what i say is like okay we have like 4800 new customers and these people paid their money and i'm going to take care of them like i'm going to give these guys some renders we're going to like introduce them to ai art and people outside of that like people who didn't buy the tokens they're not my concern my my concern right now is looking after these people who paid their money got involved with the project and they are like my new customer base. Let's, let's deal with these people. And we just like went in there and really like took care of them and um, just sort of, and that's why we what kind of the, the way we're operating in terms of runs has worked really well because we, we do a run, they give us feedback. we make the changes. We do another run. They give us feedback. We make the changes. We do another run. So it's just like been this sort of process of like, um uh seeing because i i kind of know what i want to do but also i don't really anticipate everything that the customers want you know and what the users of the actual service the problems that they come into the things that they want to see um some of it's not possible but a lot of it is possible a lot of it's sort of like in terms of development and design and building i, I like to call it like low-hanging fruit like Stuff that's like actually really easy to do, but it makes big changes. Like 
it, you know, something that's like a small change or like an easy implementation, but makes a big difference to the service that you're rolling out. So it's like kind of like in the first stages, it was like dealing with all the low hanging fruit and um, sort of doing these sort of easy things to just knock out and just get these sort of design changes put in. In the back end, there was a lot of workflow uh, experience, learning experience to be done. We really, really uh, smoothed that out because it was a nightmare before, like when we first started. Because if you can imagine, actually the rendering process, taking all of these submissions and rendering it is not the most difficult bit in the beginning. The most difficult bit is sending like a thousand renders to like 500 different people um like every other night that was like one of the most like technically difficult parts of the whole process um so one thing that's like funny right is because ai kind of sits really well alongside web3 and blockchain and uh nfts it's kind of like they, they kind of like associate together really well but they're two totally separate things like AI art is its own total entity and then web free blockchain NFTs is its own entire entity again. Uh, so we like had the AI side like really down. Um, we really know what we're doing there. But it was like when it came to like dealing with the blockchain side of things and like minting it, sending it out to like everyone and we tried to put royalties into it as well at that point. And it was like every single one was manual and we're sending it all out one by one. And like Talis Art really like held our hand throughout this whole process. So like, I know they're kind of like a market that like people don't really consider, but honestly, they're just amazing. Like the people there are so kind and helpful and uh, they, they really are sort of the market for just, you know, they did, a lot of projects have to go through like this vetting process. Like they have to tell you, oh, this this supply is not good. You should launch at this price. Like, and you kind of like just get analyzed. Whereas Talis is kind of like they, it really is kind of the definition of like an open source uh, marketplace for NFTs within Terra. Anyway, that's like my little shout out to Talis. I love, you know, they have like a special place in my heart. But um, yeah, so dealing with all the blockchain side of things was totally different to dealing with all of the AI side of the business. And so the big learning curve was actually not the AI stuff. It was actually the, the blockchain side where we're like getting it actually out to everyone. And that was, honestly, I had like a member of staff just like lose his mind. Uh, he just had a mental breakdown. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, it's not funny, but... Um, yeah, he had to take like a week off work because we're just basically three or four of us all just sitting there, like minting to blockchain one after the other, like thousands of renters. And 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 the thing is, is like that whole process is so open to human error. Like, so people are making mistakes all the time. And the problem with blockchain is if you make a mistake on the blockchain, it's forever. Like you cannot correct it once it's done it's done like you cannot fix it you will it the only way you can fix it is to like rely on the person on the receiving end to like help you to fix it 
but obviously that comes with then its own problems so yeah, yeah we, we that's how it started you know we we're just sitting there minting everything by like one at a time and we we and it was those kinds of problems that we had to work through um and it, we got through that so as soon as we got through that then we could like kind of really focus in on like design aspects user interface uh, uh new generative models all the latest technology that's coming out all the time uh competitions community aspect architecting community uh gallery spaces trade like how do we encourage trade and and things like this so i sort of focusing on to, like more of those kinds of things but the first big barriers was literally just dealing with the blockchain and getting all the renders out to everyone that took about a week to sol solve that problem and it and it was a lot to do with Talis art working with us very closely and uh we did it like we got there in the end so as soon as that was done we then like sort of moved out we moved forwards into like sort of okay now let's the, the barrier after that so the first barrier was minting to blockchain how slow that process was how like open to human error that process was um and just get rid of that the next problem after that was actually discord it's like the only people who could actually even use our service were people who are like really native to discord uh, like the only people who could even verify their wallet, log in, get all the details they need, and then do the submissions were people who like used Discord for months and months already, understood everything perfectly. Uh, but the thing is, it's like that is like such a tiny percentage of people in in unless you even talk about like the overall community, you know, in, in the wider community. So the next barrier, the next thing we worked on was just removing that barrier to entry, and so we we removed that that took about it was actually people from within our own community that uh sort of came out of the woodworks and said oh i'm a developer i'm a designer and stuff and we all work together and we we built this and uh yeah we built the wallet connect on our website so now you literally just go to a website you connect your wallet there the validation is done there there's literally no discord discord it just holds the community and the sort of service and customer support aspects of PS Labs. But the actual, um, you know, rendering itself is all just done through the Wallet Connect and the, the website now. And that, so we dealt with that. And now that's built. So after we built then the Wallet Connect, the validation sorts of aspects of the business or project, it was then about looking at okay we have still renders going out how do those and it's in terms of ai right even just in that three week period where we're building out all this other stuff it's moved it moves at like the speed of blockchain like it is lightning fast so it's kind of just like looking at all the advances that's happened all the new developments and just go we test literally every gan that comes out with essentially at the heart of what we do we don't design we don't code any of the ai we don't design any of it we don't have it's all open source technology what we really do is we're like a i would say like a research company we're like an art research company 
we're like a generative art research company. So we research all the generative models that are out there. We figure out like what is ready or mature enough to sort of be rolled out as a service to people. How do we like wrap that up in the, in a way where like it's just simple and easy and then just then actually on, and then on our back end, we have to figure out how to do that at scale. So like something can be like really good and really powerful, right? But if it can't be done at scale, it means that like we we can't really roll it out properly. So there's tons of like really amazing stuff out there actually, which I'm like, I, I like commission it out to developers and things to try to customize it to make it batch like to roll to sort of integrate batch functionality into these things like i'm literally just funding it to make sure that we can use it to roll out to everyone who has our tokens uh because that's the state that the ai sort of world is in uh it's very nascent it's like uh not really fully developed and we're just trying to sort of make it accessible um so yeah that, that, that's where like the ai side is at and um we'll see where it goes because um i like for example we we rolled out like the stills the the o collection which launched on friday this whole space is actually about the o collection even though i'm just kind of rambling on about ai and NFTs in general i'll get around to the o collection a bit but that's like our animation token that will allow people to make animations so the first thing we have done is we've basically custom written loads of scripts so that uh people can create their own gif the first service will be gif animations and we will be the first company in the entire world to roll out ai generated gifs like let alone minting it on blockchain and doing everything on blockchain there's no other companies even doing it like in like just in general so we're rolling that out on the tokens are going on sale on Friday and we're rolling out the service, hopefully on Wednesday. Um, we're building it right now as in just the user interface and the way that people interact with the submissions. That's what we're designing right now. The whole AI side is already there. It's already there. Like I've already built it all. I know we've written the scripts. We know what we're doing. What we're currently working on is just like how does someone interact with the interface what options do they have when they're rendering um, stuff like that? So the first one we'll roll out is GIF. And that'll be like on Wednesday next week, hopefully, provided there's no problems. Then after that, we're going to roll out what I, I call like a diorama, which is like a, an animated still image. So we take like a still image and then we like make it move. So we can take existing NFTs and then like we just make them like move gently in like a sort of a loop uh which is also a gif and then like later we'll roll out full animation which we already know how to do but it's just about rendering capacity it's just like the limitation is computing power actually uh but that's why we're doing the o collection because we need money to build computers i need we need gpus we need to like run them locally because when you're running them all as virtual machines is what what we're doing right now is um they they tend to like cut out like so 
you can like just lose the connection to your GPU and then that just like fails the whole run. Uh, so we need to like run them locally. There's like so, so there's like loads of bunch of technical things on the back end that we basically when we do this fundraiser or the O collection drop on Friday, all that money will be used. Well, not all of it. Like part of it will be used on hardware. Bunch of it will go into staking. So the staking will make sure that the minting and airdropping will be free forever for all of the users, based off the APR from the mint from the staking. Um. And we're going to allocate a certain amount of funds to just buy up from other NFT projects within our space that like I, you know, from our moderators and admins that they, they all come from other projects, you know, like um, they're all, everyone's working with multiple projects. So I want to support all of them. So we're going to put a bunch of money into them. And uh, then after that, I'm going to put a bunch of money into funding PR in the real world. Like, we're going to buy up advertising space in Condé Nast, in Wired magazine, in um, just get it out there. Like, because I, this is like kind of the space that I really know how to operate and I'm going to operate in it. Uh, this is where I think Terra is really kind of lacking, you know, is the market itself is not big enough. It's kind of the same people buying project after project and it's quite a small community, you know, probably just a few thousand we need to increase that we need to make sure the market is way bigger so that like these great projects that are coming out literally every two or three days there's tons of buyers basically and they get the funding they need to build what they want so the next project the next a, a, a portion of the funds will go towards just real life advertising um yeah sorry i've gone Definitely. I can see. I, nope. can, I can see one chat. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's nice when I don't have to answer or uh, ask any questions, and you just answer them all. <laughs> but, no, but no, we've got we've got um we've got a Sy- uh, Sorry if I butcher it, but Syak here. Um, actually, there, David. I don't know if you're able to or not. Uh, Archangel has been trying to get up here for a while, and for some reason, I can't bring him up, or I, I don't know why it's not working. So try, try that. Try to see if you can his, uh, accept the request. <laughs> but we've got Syak here. Uh, feel free. Uh, you have got your hand up. Say hi. Ask a question. Uh, feel. Go ahead. Hi, Syak. Yeah, how's it going? Hey, um, just listening to your um, point about um, rendering issues and you know graphics power. Um, I don't know if you already have looked into it or um, might want to reach out to the render network or RNDR coin, that's kind of their ballpark. And I might be barking up the wrong tree. Maybe Seth, you can correct me. But the, they are essentially, that's exactly what you're kind of looking for. I think is a bunch of net or a bunch of, you know, PCs powering um, GPU output. So um, just, you know, like basically we kind of, that's how we basically operate right now. Just not like built onto blockchains. It would be good to put that onto blockchain, so I will look into it. But that's essentially very close to how we operate right now, is we just hire out rendering capacity from like servers in different locations. And um, uh, that's exactly how we operate right now, but um, it all comes with essentially the same problems that... uh, the, these people who run the servers can just uh, basically like rug you and just 
give it to the next highest bidder, you know? And so um, it just failed. We do like massive runs that like take like 20, 30 hours and we run like three, 400 renders and we do it across like eight different virtual machines and stuff. And then like we'll, the different sort of capacities for all of it. For example, our, our most basic service, which is Ikugan, it takes about three minutes per render and um sort of we run about 800 of them uh in one go so if you i i'm more it's late in the uk but it's essentially like two days just under two days or something something like that uh provided nothing goes wrong um and then like you got like then diffusion which you just rolled out and then there's human elements involved in the middle in terms of all the archiving once that's all done you have to scale every because all the rendering, even though it's so demanding, is only done at like five, six hundred pixel resolution. So it's still tiny. So we have to like then scale it up to four K because like our users are just such degens. They just need four K. They like it's such a high demand. Uh, so I, I was like, oh my god, okay guys, let's do it. Like I like the low file size. It means it's faster to mint everything, faster for all this stuff. Since we stepped everything up to 4K, it takes me literally like an hour to mint everything, because the the, the the one there's one like massive bottleneck to all of this, right? Is the fact that I'm the only person with access to the wallet, so I'm the only person who can mint it all to blockchain and get it out to people. So even we can automate as much as we can. And like, there's certain parts that still can't be automated because like people try to render like really offensive things, and so there's like a massive ethical sort of uh, thing in the middle where we're like, we need to sit down, we need to figure out where like our ethical stance is on on what we render, what what we what titles there are, and things like that. Like it was literally one of the first meetings we had after we rolled out the service, like day two. It's like, because it was like, so if you look at like where Luna just started to go on a massive bull run, we're like right at the beginning of that. So maybe that's a symbol for like the O collection by now. Um, basically, like day two, using so, we're rendering so much that like some of my staff were like not comfortable with some of the prompts that people submitted. And we had to have like, like a team meeting about like uh, ethically where we are as a business, like what we'll render, what we'll not render. Because it's also like Luna went on a bull run. It's also the day that uh, the Russian war started. So there was loads of propaganda trying to be rendered. Uh, loads of people sort of rendering things about Putin. You know, like things like gay Putin. And I was like, I will never offend gay people like that. Sorry. But yeah, yeah, throw that one out. I I don't mind rendering anti-Putin sentiment, but I'll never like render something which like offends, you know, the gay community and things like that. So, so it's like, and, and, and there's other things sort of like where like each individual person, like for example, I might be all right with that, but the person who's like dealing with this stuff might not be all right with that um like the person who's doing the work 
So like that's actually been an, a, an interesting problem that like I didn't anticipate when we when we first started this whole thing, but it's actually become probably one of the most important problems of the whole project is like the ethics of um, what kind of imagery will we, we're basically like a printing machine, right? We're like a big printing machine. And like, what will we print? Like, will we print this and that? And it's been, that's been like another sort of flip side, figuring out where we stand what's correct we are now implementing this at sort of like a more code based level so in the beginning it was like very human sort of level where we like read we like read every single prompt or like go through like some human in the middle but we are now introducing like a filter which will hopefully at the submission level just like read out your word like put a red coloring over the word and just say like that's not accepted because another problem right is even like after someone submits something and it gets rejected they've kind of wasted their render submission so i want to like make sure that people aren't wasting their render submission so they're like even at the point of like just writing it into the text input they can see that we're not going to accept it so you know they don't waste their render input we're still and then they can change it they can do something else and then we render that um so that that's kind of like some it's been interesting how it started in this like sort of ethical uh really sort of just sitting down figuring out what our ethics are to like now we're at the point where we're like literally designing it into the interface and like the code how does a user see it how do we tell them that like we won't do it like and uh, sort of designing that experience as well um you know what i can't even remember what the question was no i was i was, <laughs> I was actually talking about your rendering uh problem where you were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a really I long time to like more problems i'm sorry mate no you're good i actually, so I actually <laughs> the uh rndr token i don't own any personally i think it's an interesting project um, I know like Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams are part of it and a couple other movie studios, I think, are, are using it for rendering um, power. So it might be something that could either alleviate or help you guys with your, uh, your issue. Um, it's all right. I'm, I'm just going to like follow you and then I'm just going to follow you up after this because I just want to look into it because, yeah, any anything that will help. Um, for me, though, like as in I think running things, remotely and virtually on servers and stuff is something we'll always do but we do need like a certain amount of rendering power which is like local we do need to have like physical computers and maybe just like 20 30 percent of our rendering capacity is like local rendering capacity but and then like all the virtual stuff is just like we can scale that as we get demand uh but i do want to build like a local rendering capacity for our business just to the m1 ship you'll be uh flying (laughs) sorry i I didn't hear that one one more time i just said you need a a few macbooks with the m1 ship and you guys oh yeah you know what though is um yeah number one i would love to get my hands on one of those but the thing is is um I'm not sure how good those are at like the kind of rendering we do in the sense that I know the architecture is really good for it, 
but I'm not sure if like the architecture of the AI is good for the M1 chip because I think it's all been designed for essentially just like NVIDIA graphics cards and stuff. So, um, and and also like for example, the the capacity of even though they're like way more efficient, the virtual RAM's quite low. So when it comes to rendering, especially when it comes to resolution of the render, you need like literally like fifty gigabyte uh vram and stuff like it needs to be really high and that just simply doesn't exist in the in the current like m1 chips and the the sort of the 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 hardware that apple's putting out right now but i mean i'd love to move fully to apple i love apple like they're probably yeah, you're, basically gone you are correct um the uh m1 studios and some of the new uh, computers are actually built for like they're really optimized for general consumer use and they're really optimized for like video editing, like eight, four and 8K video rendering, rendering. So they're quite amazing from that angle. But you are correct. You need uh, just brute force uh, GPU computation uh, for what you're doing. Um, the render network, I haven't used it. Um, I know it does connect with a lot of, uh, you know, common platforms that you might be using. So you might look into that. Apparently it's pretty easy to set that up, but what you're doing is you're paying in the RNDR token and you're accessing banks of, um, you know, GPUs out there in, uh, in, on the internet and people that are running like a decentralized rendering network. And basically the benefit of doing this would be it's running all the time. Uh, and apparently it's way cheaper than, the traditional uh, services. So you might look into it mostly from a cost effectiveness standpoint. I don't know necessarily how time effective it is and what kind of queues are involved and how robust it is, right? But I do know that a significant portion of GPUs that were previously being used for Ethereum mining, um, people are looking into using them on the render network because it's a more like pure reason to use a GPU in the first place. And then, um, you know, Ethereum's going off of proof of work at some point in the next quarter century. And um, <laughs> and uh, basically, like, uh, it gives people a way to use their GPUs. But, yeah, you might look into it. It might be worth it for the project. I don't know if it's, like, normally in the process of your NFT project. Um, so if someone renders uh, something, is that being done, like, immediately? I haven't used it yet, but is it done immediately where um the rendering is done by some service provider or do you have to um, like um get that rendering and then modify it add it to the blockchain like what how automated is so that process? is we in the beginning we would like render it as orders well i was going to refer to it as an order we would render it as it came in at the end of each day we'd run the batch and do it daily and then and um and then like after three, four days, we'd close like what I call the run. We'd close the run, we'd close the lab, we implement changes, and then we open the lab again. And then like sort of about halfway through, maybe let's say run eight or nine, we started to just take all the submissions in one go, we close the lab, and then we render everything in one big batch. Uh, and it's all done in literally one day. Um, and then that is like way more efficient. It's like way easier in terms of like archiving 
all the scaling stuff, like all the workflow that has to happen. It's just all gonna be done in like one giant go. Thing is though, it's like I do want to get it back to the point where we're like just doing it daily. Like just uh get it back to the point where like at the end of every day we just take all the submissions for that day, it's done the next day, and then so on. Um Yeah, so we, I guess what you're saying is there's there's a substantial archiving process that has to take place to make it work and that so far is a manual process after minting basically right yeah absolutely i mean it's not even after minting it's like from the very beginning as soon as we get a submission come in we essentially we have to like assign it like a render number so we we like assign a render number to the submission and then from then on it just like goes through like an entire workflow and at the end of the workflow we know like what that submission was based off of like the render number coming back out at the end like um and so the that and that's kind of like a manual process of like uh, assigning the render number like in the middle section is quite automated like we just run it through everything and off coming back out the other end we then need to sort of uh make sure we need to go through this process of making sure like every render has been rendered like it didn't fail and like then like obviously the human process of making sure it's like not offensive and or explicit and then uh then we need to like put it all in like one folder together we need to construct a giant like csv document with like everyone's wallet addresses on it um all the titles like of every render every render number um and then like we then upload it and mint it and stuff like that so we like trying to automate as much as possible and like we basically very recently even today i just brought on like this really talented young man he's a data scientist and based in canada and he's the newest addition to our team i'm going to start working with him after o collection because like uh, basically we're kind of like running out of money so we're making like nice any sort of like trickles of money just through secondary sales of the X token, which is like 10%, but it's still like $5 each time someone trades. It's enough to just sort of like cover all the batch minting and just like me to just sort of do things by myself. But I, I don't want to like these really talented, skilled people just working for free. Like I want to pay them well. So um, I've, I've told him, like, I've just talked to him just before this conversation I told him like, oh yeah, I really like, I really like him. Really awesome. He's part of our community as well. He's really into AI. He's just been sending me stuff all the time, so I can see he's so hot for it. But I said like, okay, mate, I like you. Oh, oh, we'll have you, but just wait a week, and then let's really go to town. And I've told this to basically all of the people who 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 are like basically professionals in their field who are working on our project. I kind of like just out of respect for them not trying to like sort of crack the whip or anything just say like, okay we're going to just calm down on the work for a few weeks I'm, I'm just going to do the renders i'm just going to pump them out for people in the current workflow that we have because it's efficient enough for me to handle it by myself but once like we do this next sort of i guess fundraising round with sort of new services added on and all this stuff there's so we're going to have like some meetings and we're going to literally go through the entire workflow and we're going to say like what's manual what's automated what's manual and we're going to design this whole thing from start to finish 
and like because there's some things where you have to say that's human because it has to be human like we cannot let a computer make these decisions for example the ethical decisions um and so that's kind of like the next sort of step we're going to go through is sort of like automating as much as possible and like figuring out how much we can automate but you would you would think there must be some sort of way that you'd be able to even just set up like a uh like a word screening process where you take you know the top <laughs> top offensive what, words and, what and you know, just we need another ai to like discover all the dick pics in the uh you know it's like video games use right so you can't put in you know offensive names and so on was, you know it's the mic hunts of the world and stuff after <laughs> the x collection to release the xxx collection and uh that's just all the, rege- <laughs> that's all the, reje- all the rejected all the rejects can render it out and release it as like a totally explicit collection that people can like uh, <laughs> buy. But, um, It'll yeah, find its way into some seedy areas of the network. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, you know, someone's going to do it. Why don't we just do it first? You just need, yeah, um, you need to have the totally uncensored separate page that people can go to and do whatever the hell they want. Exactly. As, like, as, yeah, as, the NSFW make, make collection. The, make the most hideous possible example of human <laughs> human endeavor. <laughs> One like, thing that's so like, funny is like, like go on site, go on, you go. I'll just say like a PS Labs 4chan where you go to you click a button, you go straight to hell kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember E Bombs World too. That that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I say uh, you remember that. Um, so one of the funniest renders we, I've actually had to deal with is with uh, one called Morning Wood, and uh, it was just it really so the render was just so accurate. It was so funny, like the computer did a, the AI did a fantastic job of doing like Morning Wood, but I just could not publish it. Uh, it was just even Discord. I tried to share it in Discord to show the admins like what the AI has been up to. And uh, it just uh, censored it. Like Discord wouldn't do it, but it, I guess you, uh, I'll find a way of sharing it with you guys. I guess somehow if I can. But find you need the Discord AI to monitor your AI to monitor human. <laughs> yeah, we went through a little last, a, adolescent period with the AI. To be honest, like there was a, there was like a run where everything it was rendering, like one in three, was explicit. Like it would just put like pictures of tits and and penises into like just everything and (laughs) your your ai AI was going through puberty yeah that's the way i like to put it but one thing i realized is so for example when someone submits something even when they put so we have something in our service called a seed and and the seed is meant to act like a like an instagram filter so currently we only run one seed it's called fable and that's meant to like make your render look like a children's sort of like i guess like a disney style image like a children's storybook um because we got like actually loads more seeds but i'm saving that for the next collection which i'll move on to in a bit but um uh essentially even when you put like none when you don't want any seed on there we still do like some stuff to it to like make sure it's good because actually like we very easily use our lose our users if they don't get good renders, they don't have fun. So, like, we need to make sure even 
the work basically we don't really care about the best renders we focus really a lot on on the worst renders and like how do we bring that base level of like the worst renders up so they're like almost all of them are good but some are fantastic but we were like in this level of like sort of the sort of a third of them are just really terrible and um well open 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 ai's uh machine learning systems actually are sort of like learning from what people are picking uh you know after creation and it's using that feedback to improve its um you know the creation results in a way that is like human palatable which is you know it gets scarier by the minute but <laughs> like but so, uh, i think something like 75% plus um of people's requests end up being something that are at least deemed to be like half decent to look at or whatever yeah, their metric is open ai is going to be so interesting once they roll out like dali 2 um so i'm really got my i got a really close eye on that business actually we use a lot of um so with a lot of these GANs, we basically use like these giant open open source databases. And uh, one of the databases we use is OpenAI. And um, I don't use it that often. So actually one thing we do do is we actually take like multiple databases. And I'll say like use 20% of that, use 40% of that, use 20% of that, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I was like split up how much we are taking from each open source database and then we like uh, mix it together and then we render out you know the final we've them so, through the so, you, so you've really you've really created a very like specific capability then that you can't just go out there and like go to the internet and push a button and just do like what you're doing is very specific then right yeah so like we don't own like we don't we didn't design like any of the technology itself we just take like all the technology that like, other people have built and then we like highly customize it and then we roll it out as like a service to people because to learn this stuff takes like even if you just want to get because actually getting a good result is not hard but to get a good result almost every time is very very hard so like if you want to get a good result, you have to run it like a hundred times and then you'll get one good result or like maybe five if you're lucky or ten. It's really like a gambling game. The difficulty in all of this is actually getting a good result nearly every single time. And so that's like kind of like loops back to the fact that like we will like lose users if they keep using our ser the services and they just keep getting shit back. So you know, because it, it ends up because it ends up costing them some time or money or effort to go through it too. Exactly, so yeah. you'll get you'll get people bored. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't even say the time and the money. I'd just say like they're disappointed, you know. And so um, we, you, you know, you know one gone. one concept that I thought was interesting, by the way, and I don't know if this makes any sense or not, but uh, well, there's a couple of things. One is uh, number one for NFT projects. Um, it does make sense to me from the funding issue that you brought up earlier, not to change too far topic, but I didn't want to forget to mention this, but I think what the space needs is the ability to deposit like, uh, maybe like a bonded Luna or something like that. And then the yield goes towards, let's say a subscription. So maybe like a Subera or something where 
you know, maybe either the NFT marketplace or your project specifically has some way of like a person just depositing something that's yield bearing. And then the service takes part of it, the protocol takes part of it, and then you you accumulate, um, you know, points or whatever so that you can ultimately uh, just keep minting stuff if you want to continue to come back, right? This that is was such one... like a... Oh, God, yeah, go have you got another point? Uh, so that that was one thing, and maybe just from a funding model, uh, something you guys should look at. But on a separate note, like on the rendering part of it, having played on these systems before, you know, like... Part of what I found frustrating, and maybe this is like another product market fit for you guys, is so you put in some seed words and, you know, maybe supply, you know, in some of these type of systems, uh, like a some sort of image you want modified. What if uh, the system would basically, is it possible to create a system where it creates you like, I don't know, like uh, a dozen different versions and you can pick one between them or something like that? Or um, do you feel like that's just too um, computationally or like interface complicated? Um, so I'm just going to answer the second question first. Absolutely possible. We can do that. Um, and hope, yeah, let's just see. Because uh, I find, I find that, that that was, I find that that is sort of like one of the pain in the asses of the ways the systems work now. That's all. But you know, yeah, an interesting, there's an interesting study on. done, by the way, you might, you might want to like sort of think about this a second. Like, so there's a study done, a uh, sociologic study regarding uh, art and um, uh, what, what the basic concept of the study was, was they took a bunch of like uh, students and those students could go around and take photographs of like whatever they wanted to. And at the end of this class or, you know, the semester or whatever, um, at the end, they were going to get to have three of the shots that they took. Remember, these are pictures that the individuals themselves took. So presumably they like the subject matter or whatever. Right. And, um, you know, it the at the end of the class, they were going to get the ability to basically own, let's say, uh one out of three of the their their favorite and what's going what happens is is they blow up the largest picture into a really nice like frameable um you know or or like you know image that people can put on their wall and what they were studying was like if you had the option to pick between um three of your favorite images or if someone picked the image for you, right? Like, let's say you had a few and someone just gave you as a gift at the end of this, like, experiment, this picture, people were pretty good and happy with their choice because, you know, the it was free, number one. They got this image. And it was an image they shot with their own camera. And this, the other group of people was uh, they got to take the picture home and then if they didn't like it, they could take the next one, put it in their wall or whatever, look at it. And if they didn't like it, they could switch between like, you know, two or three different options. And the study basically showed that the people that were just given one, like that were chosen a picture and given to them, um, actually were happier with the final outcome. So it's a weird problem where like, if you have too much choice, you're unhappy. And if you have too little choice, you're unhappy. So there's like this Goldilocks zone of where like, you know, uh, you know, there's a number of mints someone might do or a number of attempts someone might have where like, you know, it, you become increasingly less happy because, you know, like I, my experience with using like OpenAI was, as an example, 
I'm like, the longer I use this, the more I'm like, I see images I like, but at the same time, it's like, I keep looking for better and better and better and better. And it's like, you don't ever feel like you're totally satisfied, which is a weird situation to be in. So my thought was in this process, I was like, maybe the right answer is like, uh, there's a magic number of them. And maybe like <laughs> you, 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 it, the system picks a series of them and pops them up there. Or, you know, maybe that's a curated thing or whatever it is. And then you get to choose between maybe a short uh, batch of them. And there's some magic number where like the most people are going to be happy with their renders most of the time. Something like so that. So what's, what's so funny about like everything you've just said is that is essentially the exact process we do right now with our current diffusion model. It's just that our users don't choose it. We choose it. So what we do, because what you're talking about already exists, is called latent. We use something called like latent diffusion as like a first step. And it's like, and like attached to something called CC12M model. And it like, it just like, it generates like literally like four images in like a square. And you then look at those four compositions, let's say, and you choose one. And it goes, so that's all generated using something called latent diffusion. It's just another process. And then like, then it goes into disco diffusion, like another diffusion model. And that like starts adding the detail into this sort of like basic composition. So it's like a two-step process of like, it generates like a batch of four compositions then like that's where the human step in diffusion actually is it's like this decision making of like let's give them that one let's give them that one and that's why like we charge three tokens to do that because we need a person there to do this uh and, it would, and as you said it'd be great to let them make that decision but when we when we we haven't figured out yet how to sort of create that interface for them to do it yet which we, we're we're going to do it like this is all in the roadmap this is all stuff we want to build um and I'm like, I'm very, I know exactly what I want to make for like the people who are using the service. I know and like as exactly what you said is exactly what we actually plan to sort of roll out. It already exists. We just need to like figure out a way for people to interface with it in that way. And then so and the, the, funny, the funny thing about it all is though, had I not actually tried this before, I would not have realized as a consumer what the actual problem was, right? Like, it's not the same thing to just go to OpenAI's one of their, you know, one of the different apps out there on the internet and push some buttons because the results um, are not, they're neither curated enough, nor do you use like a multi-step process with different types of uh, uh, AIs to do different parts of the render. Um, you know, like if you, once you use that for a while, then you realize, Hey, wait a minute, there's like a gap in what these things can do. And you would maybe better understand like what PS labs sort of does, you know, it's almost like what maybe you guys should have is like exactly this process I'm talking about. Maybe have like a video on your site or something that clarifies what this, like what it is that your thing does. Right. Like there's some, yeah. neat, um, I no, think that's the been a big the, problem. Like yeah, there's a, there's a company, um, there's oh. a company that you might, uh, what was the name of it? Damn it. It's called, uh, uh, crap. Um, 
you know who who would know is the white whale people would know and the um terra money people would know there's a there's a there's a company that made the like the videos for them um for like you know a cartoon you know with a with a person uh kind of navigating like what's happening on like on some white kind of whale. onboarding video right yeah it's like an onboarding it's like it's oh it's called Breadbox or uh, i forget the name of it. it's some stupid yeah. ass name for the company but, but anyway that's no, all right like making videos and that kind of thing is like totally our ball game when it comes to real life like we do that for oh real yeah businesses already oh okay the yes, problem do that. the problem see- with like what we're doing right now actually and the reason why i haven't done it i need to take a step back and do that is because we de- design and build these things so fast that like yeah, uh, it's not fixed in stone. It's really hard. Like once you make an onboarding video, after two weeks, we need to make another onboarding video because the the services have expanded. Maybe like certain methods of verification, things like that have changed. So it's like we actually already did some onboarding videos to like help people and get I would the say, services, but I they would became say not obsolete. So much, yeah, not an onboarding so much as but like a Mm, sort of like an explainer of what's going on um and and how it's of like the technology yeah or just like yeah. maybe maybe that plus like what you guys bring to the table yeah cool no I you know that. that's a great because idea. yeah i mean a simple uh, way because like i think the problem is the person using your service i don't think you understands yet like what they're paying for right i think some people would but i think some people are just oh let's go play over here but I think most people understand it like once they've used it, but you're right. And like, we need to get them at the point before they've even used it to understand. Because in their mind, they're like, wait, why doesn't this cost like, you know, let's say the serve, you know, each image costs you 50 bucks. They're going to ask, why doesn't it cost five? Like, so if there was an understanding that, hey, there's all these different layers, all this interesting shit happening in the background, there's people in the background, all this work is going on, then people are going to be like, oh, okay, I, I see, I'm paying for. Like all of this, like stuff that's happening. It's not just, you know, it's almost like you need that kind of like process video in yeah. a sense to sort of like help people understand what they're paying for. Not necessarily I, some an onboarding, but like a explainer kind of. Yeah, you're right. We've kind of like misrepresented ourselves a bit there in the sense that, or not necessarily misrepresented ourselves. I think it's just like most people think a terror project is like just uh you know someone just bootstrapping something by themselves or with like their their mate but like actually behind, like we've got like a staff in london uh we've got like team devs and things based in different places and yeah no you're totally right and thank you so much that's like <laughs> i'm gonna like tomorrow morning sit down and sort of think of how we execute on that but um i just want to actually bring it back to that was your second point you actually made a first point ages ago which which i kind of want to bring it back to and it's the reason why i do that is because this is one of the next functionalities we want to bring out is the burn function uh and so we are going so if you think about the labs as basically like an infinitely growing collection nft collection so as we render that collection continuously grows and like there's basically no end to it so one thing we're going to introduce hopefully it depends on like when this functionality comes out on the talus smart contract but we're going to introduce burn function and so people can recuperate their rendering capacity by burning the renders that they don't like um and then reusing that capacity to render on like a new run 
not only is that going to allow people to just sort of clean up their wallets, clean up their sort of portfolios of like the NFTs that they have, but also what it'll do is going to cause like a big secondary market on the lab because it's going to be cheaper for people. Like let's say people don't have enough tokens to do like the high quality renders that we're going to release. What they'll do is they'll go to the lab. They'll just start buying up the floor of like the cheapest things that they can buy just so that they can burn them and recuperate that as rendering capacity back into their wallets again. And so that will mean that even the people who get like terrible renders, like it's not usable, they'll actually start making money from their really bad renders because people will buy them at floor price as long as it's like low enough, as long as it's like cheaper than an O token or cheaper than an X token, like people will just buy it because they'll like, uh, want that rendering capacity just for like their run like they might have an idea so like we're actually so so once we release o collection we're going to release some ser- animated services we're then going to release like this burn function which will like basically i'm calling it like the recycling system so it's like people just like recycling their renders and maybe even like people who don't have any o tokens or x tokens they can log in and just like burn some renders they bought because uh, one thing I'm actually really worried about is the price going up too high of like the X tokens because I want it to be cheap, basically. I want people to be able to use it. But um, if that happens, if people are like obsessed with floor price, and it, I just hate, like, I just, I just hate it. Like, I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's kind of, I get it's, it's, a, it's like a strong barometer of like the strength of a project. I get it. It's pretty much the only one of the only ones uh, other than like trading volume and a few other things. But yeah, it's just like I want to sort of unpin ourselves from this idea of floor price um, and sort of liquidity, locking up all these things and just operate a different way. Anyway, that's like the, the burn function we want to uh, introduce. And then after that, we're going to release, actually, it's our next collection. I put our, our second collection, the animation tokens coming out Friday, but I'm already going to introduce you to the next collection we'll release. I'm calling it the seed collection. So the seed collection is all going to be built around staking functions. And I'm going to call it the Arboretum. So uh, like an Arboretum, for those who don't know, is a, it's kind of like where trees are grown for science. Like the people where people, it's kind of like a zoo, right? But for trees and plants. Um, so we're going to release just like default seeds for like $1 or $2 or $5 each pricing i don't know but cheap like tens of thousands of them and then people will go and they'll stake them and the longer that you stake them the better the seed that you'll get back out in the end so like for example i told you about the fable seed that we use is like introduces like car makes everything look like cartoons uh like a children's story so we are let's say like that's a common so like if you just stake it for one or two days, you'll get like a fable seed back. Like maybe there's three or four different ones there and like maybe a failure rate of 20, 30 percent, like literally just the seed didn't grow. Um, and like if you leave it for half a year or one year, you get like an ultra rare that like literally only one or two people have. And that seed was designed by like one of the best generative artists in the world. And like I already know the community. I know who they are. We'll get them on. We'll like bring get them involved in the project. We'll like get really highly designed seeds and stuff like that. And like within our own labs collection, we create that rarity in that way rather than just prescribing the rarity of saying like 
that's rare because we made one and the, we made 10,000 of the others. So that's common. Um, uh, we actually creating rarity through like, how long can, are people like staking things? Uh, what percentage of like sort of chance do they have after this amount of time of staking? Yeah, and it's then, kind of like, uh, maybe it's kind of like commissioning art in a way because uh like absolutely like i've commissioned art uh in the past i remember you know i liked a guy's uh artwork that i happened to see at a gallery and while i was traveling and then i actually looked up the dude and like messaged him directly and ultimately uh really just didn't know the guy at all he he said okay it's going to be about this much and uh so, you know it was surprising to me how much uh cheaper it was just going straight to the dude and uh and um i sent him half a ch i sent him half the money and uh yeah. that was in another country he got to work and uh, it was purely based on the trust of the uh you know like i didn't tell him what to do i said you know these are the one the pieces that i like i thought were interesting that you did and I don't want to like tell you what to do, but I kind of like these kind of colors. I like this yeah. general take. So then he produced this thing and then I get back this big painting in a roll, like, you know, I think like four months later, I think. So, you know, the, the, my money got locked up for four months. Right. And the whole time it's anticipation. I wonder how it's going to look and what's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, it like the beautiful painting arrives. I get the thing framed. It's on my wall. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just, this is like, um, so it's the same concept, you know. So just a quick one, like our last run that we just did, finished like a few days ago, is actually, uh, we chose a winner from the whole run, the best one that we liked. And we got it commissioned by a real artist to be hand painted. And then we're sending it like back to the person who rendered it. Um, and that's all like happening right now. That was done like last run. We ran that as a competition. And just secondly, on top of what you're saying about uh, essentially it's commission, that's exactly what it is. We are just commissioning the, so there's tons of, there's, like, so there's not many generative artists out there, like in terms of like pure, like really talented full-time generative artists. There's not too many of them out there, maybe like a thousand or two thousand. I know who they are. I know who the best are, like, as in I'm part of this community. Thing is, though, is they are, like, really artists. They're not, they haven't built all of this sort of ecosystem and stuff like that. So I'm like, I want to take them, I want to, like, make them celebrities. So it's like, we are, like, taking, like, the great artists. We are letting them sort of create, like, a little piece and then that becomes something that with people within our community can like use to then create great art and that and then like in turn sort of wrapping the art community back up into sort of ai because there's this idea of like ai just basically replacing the art community right because it's so powerful like um but it can actually work in a sort of like a cycle and um so we like on one side we're like literally commissioning this out and we we might roll that out as a real service like like in in a few days of just like get your render hand painted as a real piece um and that's basically already we're already doing the first one 
and that was just run as a competition. But on the second hand, it's like getting commissioning like really high level sort of. It's not necessarily art. It's I guess it's more of like I like to call them cocktails or like formulas, um, like commissioning like formulas made by like the best generative artists that then become seeds within our ecosystem that you can use across the animation renders, the still renders. Like once you have one seed in your wallet, you can use it in like any of the rendering functions that you have. Um, so that's like the idea for the next collection, actually, after animation. It's it's totally built on staking. It's built on this idea of staking functions, but like not built on the idea, because a lot of people build staking functions because they want to lock up liquidity, right? They want to take things off the market to make things more scarce and to drive the floor price up. And that's why like staking has become like a thing that people want to build in. And it's just, to me, just doesn't sit right. I'm like, um, so I'm just trying to like approach it in a different way. And it's like, okay, let's like let people buy stuff really cheap, right? And they stake it. So they're not really like losing much, but the longer they stake it, the more, and in some ways, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, like getting I, more value I, back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're totally onto something. That That's exactly the same thing I was thinking uh, when we were having some other spaces about this. Um, you know, like you have to have a method to preserve the uh, accessibility. So when you make the um, art space into like just a, okay, only the elite get to play, then the problem is, is that you don't really bring in a lot of new users. You just have a bunch of like, you know, you know, rich people in a circle jerk selling shit to each other. And that's really all it ends up being. And that's, and it closes these communities into these like smaller and smaller groups that just buy shit from each other, which um, is, I think, not the way to go long run. I think the, the, like, how, how do you bring the future users in, I think is super important. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm unconvinced that like most of the really popular sort of NFT projects and the direction they're going with it is like yeah, the way they to go just, is they the way to go. To follow this like really generic thing of like, okay, collection one, collection two, maybe you need collection one for something for collection two, and then collection three is like something from collection one two. And then like we do some state, then we lock up all the value. So like we just like create some staking things so we lock up the liquidity and then and then let's form a DAO. And it's like this this same pattern. And then like once a DAO's formed, like nothing happens because like it's just suddenly like 20 people are making decisions and you know there's loads of problems there. You can get bad actors, uh, you know, people who can't agree on things the funds just like not going in the right places or someone buying up like the percentage majority and like just rugging the whole fucking thing. Like there's just so much, so many problems that I see with a DAO, right? That like, uh, uh, well, I, I, best, I guess just based off what I just said, you can tell like we're not going to form a DAO. Um, yeah, I, I think there's like, there, there's all sorts of pros and cons to those scenarios. It's just like, but uh, I think you're you're thinking of the right, sort of strategy that to me, the entry point should be super, super cheap. And then the, the, um, the benefits, the highest benefits 
ultimately go in terms of various forms of like either rarity or some other elements to the people that have the sort of highest level of commitment. And all you have to do is commit time and indirectly um, the value of um, what you can obtain by committing that time just simply increases so that like in a completely poor individual who basically comes into this with like uh, nothing can essentially, uh, you know, commit to the actual uh, art process in my mind. Right. And then like yeah. that creates. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm totally wrong. And maybe the, no, no. maybe I'm a total so, idiot. Maybe the right answer is you just have to get a bunch of rich people to like, you know, no, commit no, no, to money. No, no. I don't so there's know. There's another aspect to this, because like <laughs> essentially if a bunch of rich people just like make the floor price go up too much, all I, all I have to do is just release more tokens into the market and it'll drive it down but essentially like there's another aspect to this is like um uh essentially i can just keep releasing new types of seed so even in the common level like if someone just stakes for one or two days we can like basically make like 20 different types of common seed and then that way we don't ever have to produce any new collections like right we just produce like 5,000 more default seeds, release that into the collection and say like, okay, there's like 10 new sort of seeds that have been made available within that sort of staking process. And, uh, and we can just keep releasing them into that and just release them as filters and people just keep sort of staking and uh, find out what they got. And like, then they like, oh, they didn't get the one they want, but oh, that one's on the market. So I'm just going to buy that one or they've already done the staking process and I can't be asked to wait three months. So I'm just going to buy it now for like $40 um, kind of thing, you know? So I really don't like the idea of like constantly creating like new collections. So like what we're trying to do is like create like every collection works like symbiotically together in like one really coherent ecosystem that like every single part just works together and 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 for me in most sorts of nft projects i've come across just seem to work in this way of like get level one to get level two get level two to get level three get level three to get level four and then level four you can sell it for forty thousand dollars um and i just like i'm like that is number one fucking boring like i'm like that so like that's just like a well, it's, it's definitely not. Gonna, it's not going to please the art purist, right? Yeah, it it, yeah. it 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 pleases a sort of like uh, maybe like a game community. So you're you're bringing like the game gamification to art, and that's that's fine too. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's cool stuff that can be built that way too, and people love that sort of experience as well. I think it's not going to be the experience that necessarily some art purists are going to like, though. That's that's probably what you're saying. Yeah, I just, uh, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm really trying to say there actually is, I think there's like sort of a template has been formed of like what an NFT project should be like, and it and like there are there are a lot of projects who are obviously doing variants on it, and it's like unique in certain ways, and like maybe we are as well, like maybe we're just following that template as well in a lot of ways and we're just doing a variant on it but it's like an nft is not just a piece of art it's not an image even an nft is just a digital file that lives on a blockchain 
And so like, how far can we push that idea rather than just like it being wrapped up with like a JPEG or a video file and really sort of design this? Because one thing that like basically NFTs have as a, like a huge thing over coins. So at like, first we have coins, right? Like tote, uh, all the different sort of Dogecoin, Bitcoin, all this stuff, right? We have coins and that's easy to understand because it's currency. But there's one thing that currency cannot do, and that is holding culture. And NFTs can like wrap up culture, it can hold culture. And that maybe is like worth like way more than like a coin. And how do we design that? How do we wrap culture up into these files? Um, and it, it, it's, it's quite, and then like templates have been formed around how we do that. Already. Although it is, it, although it is weird, um, you know, like there are some coins that are mathematically so beautiful, yeah. like a Luna or a Bitcoin. So, yeah. like, I consider myself like a like a Luna art connoisseur in a way. So, C5, like, so sorry, some people sorry. do actually like form communities around the coin as a piece of art oddly enough separate yeah. from a kind of like currency effect too which is fascinating as well uh, anyway yeah, i get what you right, mean side it's side tangent so like, anyway no, no, i totally get what you mean as in like a culture has formed or a community or culture has formed around the system and the way it works uh uh but you you, you like yeah you're right like that is culture as well uh, but you understand, like, sort of my point of it, like, kind of being directly tied up to a yeah, single entity, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, like, yeah, that's kind of what I meant there. I just, I just want to give like this guy Aaron a chance. He's kind of requested to speak, so um, just to sort of let someone else sort of voice their opinion. Is it all right if I bring this guy on and just let him uh, ask us a question? Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm actually just cooking some food, listening, so I didn't see. Thank you for um. Please go ahead. What you have to? What would you like to? Yeah, I just want to know, sir, about this uh, one clarity about NFT. Okay. Uh, So right now, like uh, when I entered into the space, I just you know I have a lot of interest in the gaming part. So I bought X Infinity at the price of one forty two. I bought ten, and right now the price is I didn't play the game. I just thought that the paper, the many people will play the game and the price will eventually will go up in the near future. And then now, sir, uh, many of the hype is going on uh, about this app, Sleepon, you know, where we can buy a sneaker to, through 8th Flana, I have to pay and I will have a NFT sneaker on my app and I can go in a park. I can earn something like that. So do you think that initially people like uh, started the game some became millionaire also in the Axie Infinity and after some amount they don't pay, they get bored because this is the human nature. So what you want to say, uh, like, I want you to know from your side, should I enter into more projects like this, like Axie Infinity, because right now my portfolio is so much down and now this people has to be gone. All I'll say is like, do you actually like it? Uh, do you like what you're looking at, like number one, visually? Uh, and what you're reading and then number two after that when you're using it or like whatever utility or function that they have attached to it when you use that do you enjoy that as well like if those two answers are like yes then like you're not being like conned or scammed but and like it's a real kind of thing like because i think with a lot of stuff in crypto it's like you got to use it like 
because you can be like read articles you can like you just read like twitter hype and stuff but at the end of the day just like use it make your own decision and then just you know act upon that decision that you have made yourself um because like go with your gut feeling is uh because i think like this sort of get all of the all of the there's so many cons scams and hype in this space all of them are preying on everyone's get rich quick um sort of mentality and you just have to be so aware of it so like what you just need to do is just like use it is it good yes it is do i like it yes i do then i want to be involved in this um and it's that simple that's the way i'd answer your question anyway because there's a lot of nft stuff and crypto stuff in general that just is sort of rugs but Axie infinity is a so much popular game all over the place nft telegram and so much people earned also but still that price is also one fifth so i must not enter into the winning but part like, or all, but all the people that made lots of money did they like is that just them saying on twitter that they made lots of money because like most of these crypto scams work off of the fact that like they basically just spam people and say oh i made loads of money uh, this is how i made it kind of thing, you know either either way i think it's probably a good idea to uh like with twitter spaces to stay kind of somewhat on topic which today is actually ps labs and um their particular project we're we're not actually having a general discussion about video games yeah anymore. thanks for so. thanks <laughs> for thanks for bringing it thanks for bringing it back on 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 topic but um I, but essentially it's kind of getting late in the uk so so what i would like to do is kind of just like open the floor up actually to um anyone who might have any questions and uh Let's see. Do you have any questions about like the AI side, the new collections, anything we've talked about today? Uh, I'd love to answer and speak to people in the crowd. Hey, real quick before we move on to that, because I, I gotta, I gotta move on here and get into probably a crappy service area. So this may be my only chance to speak. But uh, I wanted to shout out to everybody on the Discord team i mean i know that david's uh working with uh, some other people in the backgrounds that i i haven't met personally but um just wanted to shout out chubbs chubby scientist um from the uh, uh toads dow crew um he's been a major help there just on the customer service side and just uh, in general being supportive of the project um i know he's doing a lot of stuff for for uh, ps himself um, also, uh, I'm probably going to butcher, butcher their, their username, but Piaga Shihari, they're, they're like, dude, they're a star <laughs> on the team. They're amazing. They, they really were a big part of what's helped drive this forward. Um, and, uh, PJ, PJ is, is our resident fan hammer on the, on the discord, but he's also so much more. He's, he's, you know, always there to help guide people, help people out. Um, and then our involved community members, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to miss some of them, but we've got Princess Cruella, we've got uh, Kaltashi, 
um, Fan, you know, all these people really, really show their appreciation for the project, whether it's with their involvement or just sharing their awesome renders in the Discord. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give them all a shout out. Uh, I apologize if I missed anybody, but honestly, our community on the Discord is great. I, I yeah, really cherish I, it. <laughs> I need to shout out to Archangel because, like, essentially, we'll, we will just, we would not be, I would not be, we would not be where we are at without him and gills there's another guy called gills oh yeah um, gills yes. yeah, yeah he's, yeah. he's busy security. doing his thing yeah he's head of security at ps labs <laughs> he's got like a wag me monkey with a security outfit on so he's head of security um but yeah yeah uh yeah and thank you for uh, doing those shout outs like um yeah it's not me it's not all me these guys we all built it together it's a massive team effort and we're a really strong team. Like I, I mean, I've worked with a lot of teams, right. In what I do in real life. And, uh, it's incredible that I'm working with such a strong team that's totally digital and we've never, ever met each other in real life. It's crazy. Um, so I just want to, yeah, I want to second what he said and just say thank you to these guys because they're incredibly talented, number one. Uh, they're incredibly passionate, number two. And uh, number three, they want to work with our project, which is awesome. And uh, we're, we're you know, also severely over-invested, so, so there's that. Yeah, too. don't worry, we've got to take care of that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. That always helps for the employment incentives. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I am not the one who told. I didn't force them to invest, mate. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I fully, I fully went ham on the mentor, and yeah, it, actually, yeah, my I, biggest regret was not to to go in harder on my second wallet towards the end of the uh, mint. I was like on the fence, and second then second wallet. <laughs> you know what? Though, like all, all I'll say is like I take it like very seriously that people have sort of invested their money into this project and um yeah for me that's like a really serious thing and i uh, like direct like as i said like my main concern is our customers our users uh that's so it's all this all the deal designing and the building we're doing is like directly off of their what they say also, like obviously, the things that kind of we know, and like, well, this is coming up. This will be good for them. Like, they'll enjoy this. But like, there's loads of changes that we just do based off of like things that they want. And um, yeah, like, and these people have, as you said, highly invested. I, I take that very seriously. And but um, at the same we, time, while we're inv heavily invested, like when you compare it to how much we drop on some of these other projects that realistically don't bring any much in returns in value, even monetarily, <laughs> like you've done a lot with very little. And I, I think people need to like really, really pay attention to that. You know, like you said, what was it like 25 K or so maybe from the first sales? Um, like, you know, some of these projects are making like, 300,000 quarter million like insane oh, yeah. amounts of money and you're just like what like where is it all going and then you find out oh it's going to pay for somebody's house <laughs> yeah, yeah. go on go on Cameron I was just going to touch on that as well that yeah like for uh you know for 
your last month or so or two months or so. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Stepped on my cat's toy. Um, yeah. It, to ask for what you did as far as, you know, mar- starting off market cap and stuff like that for the project, it is very small, you know, to, to work with technology based anything. If you have to buy hardware, if you have to buy render, if you have to buy anything, processing power, it's going to cost money. And so it is to, to see entry level be at that point. And, you know, and even now for the next one, um, you're still not asking much for people for the price. I can't, I might murder it, but I think it's a hundred dollars for the whitelist and then 150 for the public. So, I mean, even that, like, it's not much for the idea of what you're going to be able to get. Like, you know, most people, you go to an art gallery or you go to buy an NFT, you know, you're really not getting a truly customizable, you know, you know, something that you can make with that $150. You're just taking a chance, you know, where, so it's, it's still a good price in my opinion, just for, you know, again, the utility of being able to create something that is your own that you also then own, you know, and you can sell, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome for sure. No, thank you. Um, Yeah. No, thank you guys so much. I just, um, just like I uh, hopefully provided the floor price doesn't just totally collapse after day one that you know if they don't like it they can just sell it for like what they paid for it um they, they can uh, sell it to me directly I will yeah. buy them <laughs> but, um no thank you so much like there I you go really, pay, paper hands paper hands go to yeah. Archangel I've honestly had such an awesome time this is like some of the greatest work experience I've had for like my whole life like uh, i've had so much fun working on this project and i love it and i i have so much fun and i i just um i'm really thankful that sort of like all the pieces kind of come into place in terms of like money great talent to work with great community that are just like willing it on as well and it's just uh, and like it's just like the that just kind of reinforces everything and i'm just like okay right time right place right thing i'm just going to keep on driving this thing like crazy um and that's just like where i stand uh, and that's like yeah uh, thank you like, i just want to thank everyone i don't know how many people in this actual room are even ex token holders or, or even part of users but you're part of the community and um it's been great I've only been in it for two months. I've had a great time. Thank you so much. Something I wanted to highlight uh, to your point there where you can't even tell like who's an X holder here. I mean, a big thing that I've noticed in our Discord, we get people who like their first NFT purchase and sometimes even their first foray into crypto in general is this project. Like, I don't, that's insane. Like, I don't think people realize that that kind of curve appeal is, is, is exactly what we need like we always talk about onboarding more people into the space these are exactly the kinds of projects that are going to do it um and the kind of vision that david's building on around it you know so um anyways i'm going to hop off of the uh the speakers here because i gotta no, go back to the fiat yeah, grind yeah i just gotta add it's like not just my vision like it's a shared vision like uh, archangel is pretty very much part of it he just wouldn't he will never ever talk about himself or accept any uh how do you say you'll never i don't like inflated from... egos yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he won't ever say what his part in all of this has been so um 
Archangel's yeah. the dick pic screener, by the way. Uh, I'm gonna die. I here. would. I, I would take. I would take that job just for the laughs, man. <laughs> a little suspicious. After a few hours, just a little it's, sus. Uh, yeah, after a few hours, it gets to you. Okay, but anyway, um, uh, just in a bit to sort of uh, start to wrap this up, just because um, uh, I, my parents are actually back from Korea today. They they will arrive very soon, and I haven't seen them since the beginning of COVID. I haven't seen them before since before COVID, so probably about two or three years now, and they're arriving this evening. So just in a bit to sort of wrap this up, I would just like to, as long as there's no other questions, anyone got a question from the crowd? Yeah, okay, good. Thank you. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, no, that's Scott. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting to go two hours by any means. And yeah, it's uh, it's super interesting just to see, you know, what's happening with the project. And, you know, you've obviously already got plans for the future as well, you know, uh, with the seed, you know, collection and so on. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'll, I'll get my renders done so I can uh, give one away and everything. And uh, well, that's more hype for it, for sure. Uh, as I said, with NFTs, just go use it. Try it out. See if you like it or not. And then if you don't like it, sell it. You'll get like at least a bit of money back or you'll lose only a few dollars. But just try it. Uh, that's the only way to know if it's really good. Um, and that's, yeah, I'll just be with that. And um, I just want to thank all you guys. I want to thank like Cameron, thank Cameron, thank you so much. Like, and Cfi and Siak and as I said, Archangel can't praise you enough. But like, obviously, I'm like, I'm really new, and you guys like actually do the really experienced, and like having you guys here to sort of question me, pose these sorts of top like questions and topics is like really valuable, and uh, I really love it. I have a lot of fun, so I hope you do as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely like I'm super hyped about the project and uh, we'll be looking into it for sure. And yeah, I guess thanks as well for uh, C5 for coming by and Syak and uh, uh, Archangel and the other speakers. Uh, sorry, I can't quite remember if there were any others or not. Uh, Arun, I think and stuff. But yeah, you know, that was a bit of wash. But anyways, um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So thanks everyone for coming by today. And um, there's, you know, more spaces going on today and everything. So it's a crazy day. So, uh, you know, yeah, this is recorded. Um, so, you know, feel free to share and all that fun stuff. I think the easiest ways to get a hold of you PS labs is basically follow the Twitter. And then that has your link tree on it, which has all the other fun things to find out. Yeah. Like just one of the communication channels. If you ask hard enough, you'll get through. Um, Discord is probably the best. Uh, that's where we kind of are the most active, and that's where we deal with most of the uh, customer communication. Oh, I should stop saying customer, user or investors. Um, investor communications. Um, so, Discord is the best way to get a fast answer if you have any questions. I, I don't really check Twitter very often. But, um, Sweet. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the uh, mint uh, for the z the zeros, right? They are they are called yeah. The so they're game. O's. They're O's, like, right? O's, not yeah, a zero. Yeah, that's right. It's an O. Five, yeah. like, <laughs> not the digit. Like, the letter looks, yeah. the, it looks the same. The damn English. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. This has been taken. Whitelist was taken this afternoon. The only way to be on the whitelist was to have an X token in your wallet. 
So if you had an X token in your wallet, you're on the whitelist. Um, no, no fixing going on there. No cousins. Um, and then <laughs> on Saturday midnight in the UK, that's when it opens up for public, uh, like $150 each. Um, one token will already get you gift service, but um, in the future, if you want to make like full blown uh, AI videos and animation, you'll need like three of them. Uh, so you can buy three later, or you can buy three on mint. But uh, it's you know four hundred fifty dollars, quite a bit, quite a bit of money. So um, uh, yeah, uh, just buy an X token if if you can't get involved with the animation side, get involved with the still rendering side. You'll still have fun. And uh, thank you for the spaces, everyone. Yeah, no, thanks again. And, and uh, shout out to Terra Spaces as well for being here. I'm sure they will uh, uh, have a recording up as well in the next little while. So thanks. Thanks again to everyone. Thanks again to you, uh, David, from uh, PS Labs there. And, and yeah, it was an amazing chat. And we'll, we'll definitely talk to you guys later. Good night. And have a good, uh, have a good morning or afternoon or night to uh, everyone who came by. Don't forget, with great power comes great responsibility from Dick Pitt. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Artificial Intelligence, NFTs with PS Labs, hosted by Cameron Bright. Recorded on Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue. When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London, the rules are confusing, so let loose the juices and try not to act like they tightened up the noose. These fools are abused like a problem stepchild, ruling the coop with some modest exile. I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles, a comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles. So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving. I'm up with the platter, a bait behind the curtain. Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it, letting these nerds Know the wait was worth it I'll perk it up while I serve in some bullshit This ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans Opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth It's getting on my nerves so let's make them feel nervous Tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It's spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So I get down locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your privacy Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind. You gotta wash the brain and erase the time. Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line.